Welcome to Travelers on Fire, an adventure travel podcast that will provide you inspiring travel stories from experts around the world and helps you getting ready for your next adventure. I'm your host, Nadim Reza, and I hope you enjoyed the show. So in this episode, Hannah and I are going to talk about traveling in Africa. We know from our experience that quite some people are afraid to visit Africa, which is a big missed chance, we believe. And we know this often thanks to the Western media that loves it to point out the dangers of Africa and not so much the beauties of this continent. So while many people think that the chance of getting robbed or perhaps even die in Africa is quite high, we both experience the opposite. However, the traffic in certain places can be quite intense and tricky and should not be underestimated. So that's why in this episode we're going to share one of our scariest experiences when we travel through Africa. And in the end we're also going to reveal some takeaways how you can prevent this so you don't end up in a similar situation like ours. Hara, are you ready? Yeah, boy. Alright, perfect. Let me introduce our story. So, I was halfway off my trip from Cape Town to Cairo and I had a little break in one of the most beautiful countries of Africa, Malawi. And so far, my journey has been quite lonely, but luckily, Hannah was about to visit me, which I've been looking forward to for a long time. So, what I did do is that I left my motorbike in the north of Malawi and decided to backpack the south of Malawi with Hannah. I made the decision to leave my motorbike for a bit because after some close calls and some nearly accidents that I experienced, I didn't know if I was safe enough to travel together on my bike and if Hannah would still like it. But well, I can already say now that I'm not sure if this was the right decision. So I traveled with my backpack to the south and after a 14 hour long bus ride, I arrived at the main station of the city called Plantire, where Hannah would fly into the next day. Well, first tip, please try to avoid arriving at night at bus stations in Africa because if you're not used to this, it can feel a bit dodgy. But luckily I found a nice taxi driver pretty quickly and he brought me to a cheap guest house and in just a few hours Hannah would arrive and I was so looking forward to this moment. But then in the morning I made my way to the airport and on my way I got a message from Hannah that she missed her flight. Yeah, but that wasn't my fault because I had a connection flight with a stopover in Johannesburg and the first flight was too late. So I remember that as soon as I landed in Johannesburg, I raced through the airport, picked up my backpack and ran to the gate for the next flight, only to hear that the airplane right now is taking off. I couldn't believe it. I've never missed a flight in my lifetime, but I was sure, of course, that the airline would pay my next flight because my first flight was too late. But that was wrong. Even I booked a flight through the website Skyscanner and these two flights were already proposed to be booked together. They were operated by two different airlines and then it is my own problem because it's like booking two separate flights. And besides, they also told me that today there anyway is no other flight going to Malawi. So first advice, when you book connection flights, pay attention that they are operated by the same airline and if not, that you have enough time in between the flights. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, there I stood in Johannesburg, not knowing what to do. 
and the man from the gate told me that I should go to the two women on the reception of the airline of my first flight that has been delayed and that they might be able to do something. So yeah, I got myself ready, put on the most desperate face I could and I was ready to cry because I knew that buying a new flight could cost me a lot of money, like hundreds of euro if I'm unlucky. So I went to the woman of the airline that was operating my first flight and told them what had happened and they just told me that I had to buy another flight. So I started crying, <laughs> which immediately made them changing their opinion. So they tried to make me stop crying and said that they see what they can do. Then they left to a room and I stood at the side next to the kiosk arranging some data for my phone to let Nadim know that I wouldn't make it today. After 20 minutes they came back and handed me a piece of paper with written things on it. And then they said, you fly tomorrow at 11.30, this is the hotel you're going to sleep tonight and your bus shuttle leaves outside the main entrance at the right. And don't worry, everything is paid for you. Wow, I couldn't believe their generosity again. I was so happy that I hugged them with some tears in my eyes. So yeah, I just didn't have to go through Johannesburg now looking for a cheap place to stay and I didn't have to pay for a new flight. And to top it off, it was a three-star hotel, which looked like a five-star hotel to me. And dinner and breakfast was included. Yeah, since I just had been back from a one-week festival in the desert, this actually <laughs> wasn't too bad at all. Yeah, so again, after every down, there's an up. Yeah, so Anna was nicely in a five-star hotel while I was waiting for her in a guest house without water and electricity. But as in all places I experienced in Africa, the kindness and big hearts of the staff made the place more than fine to stay. So, the next day, Hannah finally arrived in Blantyre and we started traveling up north by public transport. But one thing I learned here is that when you take the public transport in Malawi, you probably end up in a chicken bus, which are basically small minivans. And one thing you need to have here is patience, because the minibus leaves when it's full and we once waited four hours for the bus to leave because it wasn't full yet. So then you have to be ready to sit in a very tiny space with many people and sometimes also real chicken, fish and once I heard that someone even traveled with a cow in the minibus. And another funny thing that happened is that when Hannah and I took once the minibus, Hannah faced a baby who started crying immediately when Hannah entered the bus. And our fellow passengers told us that this is because these babies are not used to the very light skin color and get scared by it. So to stop the baby from crying, the mom covered the baby with a blanket so it did not see Hannah anymore. Much later, we finally arrived at this beautiful mountain range called the Somba Plateau. So we hiked up this mountain with our tent and stayed there for one night. We didn't want to stay one other night because it was freezing cold that night. And the late afternoon we decided to get a taxi to take us down the mountain because it was a long hike down and it was about to get dark. So we talked to the campsite security guy who was super helpful and we asked how much a taxi is to get us down. And we realized that it was quite expensive to take a taxi. But then he said he can call his friends to take us down on their mopeds. And that sounded quite good actually. But that's what we thought. Then I went down first. And interestingly, when we were halfway down, my moped taxi driver was running out of fuel. 
But fortunately, we only had to go downhill to arrive at a fuel station, so we could just roll down. And after a mini tank stop and a pretty scary ride, I finally arrived back at the guest house and was waiting for Hannah. The only problem was that I already went down this road when it was about to get dark, so I knew Hannah for sure had to go down this scary mountain path when it was pitch black outside, so I slowly started to get worried. Yeah, and Nadim definitely didn't worry without a reason, because, yeah, I was sitting on that mountain for at least, let's say, 45 more minutes until the other friend came with his moped, and it was about getting really, really dark. So, yeah, I smiled, he smiled, and I just jumped on the back of his moped to quickly leave, but... Then I realized that there was nothing to put my feet on, you know? Always when you're sitting on the back of a motorbike or a scooter, there are these things to put on your feet. So I was trying to find them with my feet, but I couldn't. So I stepped off and saw <laughs> that they were loosely hanging down. And when I showed him this, he was just smiling and saying, no problem, no problem. Yeah, but I, of course, had another opinion and thought that this is well of a problem. Because I had nothing to put my feet on, but I also couldn't just let them hang down since my leg would touch the hot engine then. So yeah, I told him to wait a second while I was looking into my backpack and was searching for something to fix this problem. And then I found some tape. That was the solution. So I taped these things to the motorbike so I at least could put my feet on them a little bit of course with reduced pressure and not with all my weight but at least something. So okay now I was ready to start but since it was now really really dark already I asked him to turn on his lights and he just smiled and gave me to understand that the lights just don't work anymore but of course it's no problem since he knows the way. Well... Yeah, nice that he knew the way, but I also knew that it was pitch black, that there's absolutely no single light and that we do not see nothing at all. So again, I stepped off the moped and I went through my backpack until I found my camping flashlight. <laughs> okay, let's go, I said and jumped on the back of his moped. And he just smiled and there we went off. I mean, I have to say that his calmness gave me a better feeling of the situation than it actually was but I still remembered the way that we came up this mountain very well and it was a very long and windy downhill with sharp corners so yeah I just told myself it's gonna be fine and yeah he was in the front and I was sitting in the back of his moped having my feet on these taped poles and shining my camping flashlight to the front so at least if there would be people, they could see us and move out of the way. But very quickly, I realized that the brakes of his moped barely worked anymore and that he was additionally braking with his feet. So I shouted from the back, your brakes don't work. And he shouted back, no problem, no problem, while he was braking with his feet. Oh, man. <laughs> so this was one of these moments when I suddenly turned religious again and was praying to God. Because always when I'm in a situation like this, I just tell God that this really is the last time I'm doing something like this and that I won't end in such a situation anymore. If only this one single more time it could go right. 
And yeah, so I was praying and sweating while he was rafting down that mountain as if he'd never done anything else in his life. So we were sliding around these corners while he was shouting so others could hear us coming. Oh, and there were still quite some people walking up and down that hill in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, I was only waiting until we would crash into one of them. And yeah, I was also even considering to just walk, but... Even Malawi is actually really safe outside the big cities. I didn't feel comfortable to walk down there alone with my backpack at night. So yeah, I rather continued praying. But yeah, after many, many, many sweaty minutes, we really reached the end of the hill and we entered the village. Wow, I couldn't believe my luck. I was so incredibly happy that I had just survived this ride. I really can't describe that feeling when I saw Nadim just standing there waiting for me. Oh my God. Yeah, and that was also the moment when I decided to never step on any moped at night anymore in Malawi. And definitely not if we have to go downhill. So after this intense experience, we traveled further north where my motorbike was stored and continued to travel together on my motorbike, which in the end was the right decision. However, I definitely don't want to discourage you from going to Malawi because after having spent more than one month there, Malawi has been one of the most beautiful countries I've ever visited. And the people that live there are also one of the friendliest I've ever met. Therefore, it's also known as the warm heart of Africa. And besides, it's also one of the most safest countries I've visited throughout my journey in Africa. Most places in Africa, I feel, are quite safe, especially the smaller places. You just have to take care in the big cities. So, if you're ready for an adventure and want to explore a small, untouristy, unique place, then I can totally recommend Malawi to you. But don't expect this to be the perfect country to go backpacking, where you will meet many other backpackers and spend all your time partying at the beach. Only be aware of the traffic and try to avoid traveling at night. And if you have your own transport, that's definitely the best way to explore this amazing country. So, if this episode made you curious about visiting Malawi and you would like to know where to go, please reach out. And also, if you have any other questions related to traveling in Africa, please let me know. So, yeah, this was it already. We hope you enjoyed the show and to find you back on another episode of Travelers on Fire.